Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And we are coming to you from our respective bunkers again this week, because we are still in lockdown. Yeah, I'm here I am in an undisclosed location, uh, not under <laughs> my allotment plot, I swear. Well, you're locked out of your allotment, so... is Oh, that's why you can't even come up. You can't even come up for supplies, because you're locked out of the allotment. So I don't know what you're stay. talking about, because that's not where I am. did you see did you see that article it was shared in our discord about like all the billionaires who went to new zealand Mm. yeah tony tony from discord shared it oh yeah that's insane insane. i hadn't read that and like only a few of them got in before new zealand closed their borders yeah Um, um but basically there's a park like a housing park in New Zealand. This, you know this for listeners. <laughs> I'm explaining. Yeah, I know, this. I know. You don't need to tell me how, how audio shows work. I know, it just seemed like, yeah, anyway. And they, uh, so they've built like this playground for billionaires that is just a park of luxury shelters. What was it, the minimum price? Like 8 million or something? Oh, yeah, it was something crazy. And there are these huge luxury bunkers with all their own filtration systems, everything completely independent. And it's just all your neighbors are billionaires. And there was an interview with one of them and he was just talking about how he's working on some new business with like one of his neighbors. <laughs> but it kind of it's, sounds like they're actually just meeting and talking, like completely avoiding the whole point of like, you're supposed to social But that's it. Yeah. Like, what are they, what are they really stopping? Like, cause there's like, well, well how many millionaires are there in this facility now? Um, I think it was like 30 shelters or something like that. 30 shelters. And it's families. Let's just say it's three, three people per family. Because that'd be... Yeah, yeah. Some might have no children. No, let's say four. Maybe more because the thing is, like, bring... rich people tend to have big families. And you'd bring your staff. Like, you're going to bring yeah. your chef. and like That's true, yeah. Doing quick maths. Not even maths. I'm just guessing, really. But it would if one person entered that facility infected, within, like, four days, the entire place would be infected yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> but, it, but yeah because three people would affect nine and then nine you know it, yeah it'd be a couple of days but i suppose the whole idea is that you have your individual shelter and your it's like a neighborhood but clearly from reading the article it's just like they're not doing like that. yeah no because you're like say you're you're someone like elon musk and then you discover like one of your neighbors is another real like tech guy who you think oh we could do a really cool business together and then they're meeting up and having drinks <laughs> yeah now if you were a millionaire though would you have a shelter like that uh yeah would you mm. i'd probably i'd have my own i wouldn't that's the thing i'd have one i in wouldn't my backyard yeah but that'd be more so i'm not sure like if i became a millionaire now i feel or you did i feel like we'd have to It'd be very weird if we if we had the money to build a shelter and didn't considering the podcast, like just as a goof, like we would be expected to have one. Yeah, which is kind of nice. If we ever get rich, it means like we don't have to feel weird about getting a shelter built because we're like, well, people would expect this from us. Yeah, exactly. as a joke. Yeah, <laughs> we need yeah. somewhere to record the podcast. I mean, obviously we have bunkers, but yeah. Sorry, just taking a sip of whiskey here. Oh, you drinking? I'm drinking. Um... Beer. Just oh, yeah. not gonna say the brand. Is it home, homebrew? No, 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 it's branded. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to give. I'm counting on getting us getting like actual beer sponsorship soon. So I don't want to start naming brands. Oh yeah, I'm I'm drinking a uh, a very famous Irish whiskey. Um, 
just the standard Zippo one because that's what I have the most of. I just visualize a fucking an entire like cellar full of just the way you said it's the one I have the most of. <laughs> this is like I've got like, like eighty bottles. Or yeah, you like a Family Guy cut too. You just with no, not with bottles, with like casks. <laughs> uh, someday that'll be me. Yeah. Mm. Actually, remind me to come back to you that when we're not recording. I'll tell you about that. Yeah. Huh? But anyway. okay. But speaking of recording the episode, well, first of all, uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, which it might be because you uh, you're just searched the word coronavirus, maybe, and we're still like popping up on search results, uh, make sure yeah. to subscribe to the show if you've listened. This we, we haven't even got into the episode yet. And, <laughs> know, and yeah. If you if you've stayed this long, you, you probably like the banter. So give it, hit the L sub button. Uh, if you're a recurring listener who hasn't. Uh, rated or reviewed us yet that would be much appreciated and we also have a patreon if you want to support us we put up some bonus stuff up there uh, not a lot recently because it's hard to actually get stuff done with the whole lockdown and not being able to record together but i'm going to do a big drop of stuff in the next few weeks yeah we've a good backlog of stuff that it's yeah yeah it's just some of it there's a bit of work involved in like just rooting through it and getting it putting it all together uh, and we're also on all the social medias. Our Discord is the main one. We don't really... I haven't replied to anybody on Facebook in about two years, to be honest. Well, I have, but not... I haven't gotten in a conversation with a listener in about two years on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I might, like, see... Uh, the odd time I'm on there, I might see a post and reply, but I don't really use it. I forget to even, like, update our feed on there to like post episodes <laughs> yeah well because i don't have my own personal facebook anymore not in like a year or two so yeah i very rarely look at it now um but you'll definitely like get I some discord to... I've, I've discord on my mobile i'm pretty much looking at it about 18 hours a day you'll be able to hit me up so, <laughs> yeah uh... and twitter of course we use a bit but yeah. uh, discord's the main one all those links you'll see a link tree link in our description and everywhere you can find us will be there but uh so we are continuing with uh, Sandra Mania, Sandy Mania, maybe. I don't know which is <laughs> <Sandra> better. Sandra Mania. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Bullock and Don. laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm counting on us selling t-shirts <laughs> with the, the Hulkamania design with Sandra Mania. <laughs> or do Team Public do vests? She could do like, um, pro wrestling style vests. I want to. I want to mock that up. That's brilliant. <laughs> Sandra Mania. Um, oh, that's great but yeah so we we accidentally have been doing a, a sandra bullock season yeah and uh, i think it's something that that's very very deserving of it uh, how did it happen yeah uh i think it's just we done myself and luke recorded demolition man and then we done speed because we've been talking about it for a while and we wanted to do like keanu reeve movies and it was like we didn't realize she was in both the movies <laughs> yeah well we realized but yeah we done them both together and like oh yeah there are two sandra bullock ones and then we're like oh well she's got a few that are kind of relevant you know gravity the net yeah miss congeniality yeah we were trying to figure out what's the worst survival obviously miss congeniality is like the serious survival movie but um i'm not watching it, yeah so. I, I think we will need to get like ray mears or somebody on for that is it Ramirez? Is he survival man? Yeah. <laughs> now, imagine you get we get like a guest like Bear Grylls or Ramirez, and we make them do misconvert. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. But anyway, so we're doing Bird Box because uh, Sandy Sandy's in it. Basically, no other reason. Yeah, and it, well, another reason is we'd probably have done it eventually anyway. 
And as well, I mean, a, a lot of the movie is about, I suppose, a form of, you know, don't go outside, self-isolation. Like well, I hadn't thought about it. Oh, I thought about it today. <laughs> yeah. it. Now, of course, the the beginning of the movie, we see sort of, new, you know, it's mentioned that this is happening in the news. Like the, the sister mentioned, oh, did you see what's going on in Russia kind of thing? And that yeah, reminded yeah. me of sort of where we were at with coronavirus in January, where like there was yeah. just this thing happening in another corner of the world that a lot of people didn't even know about because they weren't paying attention. And no. it was so far away from us that it didn't matter. But in yes. Bird Box, within like a matter of hours, it affects them. It took a, a little longer for coronavirus to, to affect us, but I thought it was just the way it was presented was very similar. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, in Bird Box, it's like, it's, it's that morning. Um, then they're it's like two hours later. <laughs> yeah, when they're so so for people for people that just haven't watched the movie and or just listen to the podcast because they don't care. Yeah, the film opens. Sandra Bullock's character is an artist, and her sister comes to see her because Sandra Bullock's pregnant, and she's going to go with her to get the ultrasound. And just in that scene, she just mentions how her, she was in the store, and that's why she was held up because there was a panic buying happening. Oh yeah, people buying and, lots of toilet roll. Yeah, and um. In this, it's specifically water. But anyway, uh, and she just mentions that, and Sandra Bullock's character is just like, why were they panic buying? And she's just like, haven't you seen the news? And they turn on the news, and we see that there's been a suicide pandemic where people are just committing suicide in huge numbers. In Russia is where the news is focusing on at this point, but by the time they're in the hospital, you see a report, and it's hit Alaska. Oh yeah, and the, <laughs> they have that really funny thing where it's like a an arrow pointing from Russia to Alaska, <laughs> like a real yeah, like yeah. cheesy news channel thing. Really so that morning, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. The news is covering it happening in Russia, and people are panic buying in America. And then by the time they get to the hospital, it's happening in Alaska. And by the time she's finished her ultrasound, is where we see like the first American case. And there's just a a girl they passed in the hallway on the way in, oh, yeah. banging her head against the window until it goes through it. And it does that thing. I love it when they do it in horror movies, especially zombie movies, when they do the whole the first act, the the day one of the outbreak. They pass yeah. an extra. And the camera focuses on the extra and you're like, oh, well, in a few minutes, they're going to turn into a zombie. Because why yeah. would the camera focus on a random, like just teenage girl extra on the phone? It's like you're watching this and you're like, OK, in, in five minutes, she's going to be banging her head yeah, against they, that window. And then, of course, that's clearly, what happens. Yeah, they clearly are saying, audience, remember this person. Like, yeah, but yeah. I find that funny because it's so unnecessary. Like, I, I don't yeah. you don't need to see that, that that person wasn't a zombie beforehand. You know, like you're going, or in this case, that they're going to kill themselves. Like, well, that's where like you got good, like in good zombie movies, it's just a random person in the background, and they're like, "What the fuck?" You know, like it's but you don't need that. Yeah, you don't need to establish the character <laughs> before. Yeah, or if you do, you do it in a way that's not just a random extra, like Dawn of the Dead, the remake. I think the the first time we see a zombie, it's a little girl that breaks into oh, the, yeah. the couple's house but earlier in the scene you see that she's like a neighbor and the the main character she's she's a nurse and she's coming home from work and she like i think maybe she like has a present for her because it's her birthday and there's a bit of a dialogue exchange yeah it's actually so like 
yeah so but that could you could also think that well, well this that might be a child that she ends up having to protect for this movie or whatever you know like yeah and it tells you a lot more about her character than it does yeah, the child. yeah. but when they just draw your attention to an extra all you think is well they're going to be a zombie in a few minutes or commit suicide in this case yeah <laughs> and it's something like it was fine years ago it's just something you see the whole time now that it just it's, such a it, trope. It's, it, it's the thing yeah it's the trope and tropes are fine but it's when like you're so aware of why they're doing it it's just like for those few seconds they, they might as well just break the fourth wall yeah, yeah. you know it, it takes you right out of the movie when you know the tricks they're doing but anyway well well this uh, movie is full of that stuff like it's very absolutely like, everything in it is very cliched just around a very new kind of very different concept which is just, yeah i suppose it is a variation on the right place but still um, yeah so so we're, we're talking about the opening and it being cliche so yeah we get that we get the, the we get the day one destruction opening that you've seen in every zombie movie it's in dawn yeah. of the dead world war z world war said i give a pass because they actually the first hour of the movie is that so they actually yeah done one of one of the few movies that actually focused heavily on it and they've done a good job, I thought. Yeah, because a lot of movies, movies like, do... yeah, they skip over it, but it's, it's like, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, be. yeah. But this does it just the same as everything. And and it's that thing where, like, within minutes, there's just buses crashing, there's helicopters falling out of the sky, there's explosions going off in the background. <laughs> I always think of when I'm watching these movies, like, what's exploding? Yeah. Like, like you just see all these explosions happening, but what are they? Well, like what? What I, I would like to see what what event actually caused that explosion. Like was yeah, it an I, oil tanker? How many oil tankers are there driving through fucking New York City? Yeah, or is it well, just a lunatic like no. turning on the gas in their house and just like striking a match because it's like the suicide virus? You know what I mean? I want to see that. Yeah. Well, you see, and that's the thing. It could be that this movie actually. Of all the movies, this one probably has more of a reason for there to be explosions because, yeah, like you said, somebody could be turning on the gas and lighting it. Yeah, but I suppose but it's, I think yeah. it's in every film. Yeah, it's that thing of like, yeah, it's just you know, cars crash into each other and they explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which they don't—they don't do that in real life. No, they—they they, they can. Like, it can happen, but, like, a very specific set of events needs to happen for a car to explode on impact. Yeah, usually it's a meth lab on wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not sure where this this film, it's never said specifically where it's set. I believe it. I think it's it's definitely, like, Southern California. Oh, yeah, it's definitely California, I think. It's California for sure, but I feel like it's, like, near San Francisco. Oh, like an outskirts of it. Well, it just has that look to it. During the city at the start, and we know that there, there's, like, kind of woodland areas near them too well she goes through a river rapid at the end but um yeah but it could be upstate new york but no i think yeah i think it's let's just say it's san francisco yeah because it's not it's not like portland even though by the time yeah. later on it looks kind of portlandy like the big the tall foresty trees and stuff but well that's what i'm saying this, by the look at the city it isn't so well, you know why why i'm saying it's san francisco is because i feel like i recognize a lot of the locations from the rise of the planet of the apes and that whole series that's what yeah no that's exactly what it is yeah it's the it's like the other side of the bridge of yeah, yeah. San Francisco kind of area. It looks like they use the same locations. Yeah, it is. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it's that kind of 
housing estate where James Franco was teaching his monkey. Mm. <laughs> you know, in the first yeah, one. yeah, it really, it really looks like it. Now I'm not sure why I was trying to. I think I had I had a reason for bringing up her, <laughs> but it doesn't even matter. Uh, I'm sure just that they get to the. Well, because of the geography of the movie, is it? Or? Well, I thought I was bringing it up in relation to <laughs> things exploding, but <laughs> I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? It was you saying Met Labs, portable Met Labs. And I was saying, well, if it's San Francisco, Met probably isn't a popular drug in San Francisco. Although, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's too, probably it more of a. Like, it seems like it'd be a Coke city. Yeah, and like poppers and stuff. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I was going more on like the class. I know, yeah, it's like, be very, yeah. very expensive tastes. Though a huge yeah, it's, homeless it's, problem. So, yeah, I suppose when you meet like there's there's a John Malkovich's character is like he's the dickhead lawyer, but he mm. clearly has a lot of money. And then his neighbor is B D Wong, who's like also clearly has a lot of money. They're those kind of like it's that kind of neighborhood. Mm. So we learn very quickly that the suicide pandemic is the result of invisible monsters, we'll call them. Uh, that, yeah. Like, it's very unclear what they are. We'll talk about them a little more later. But yeah. our first glimpse that this isn't just like a, you know, a viral outbreak, like in that movie, that M. Night Shyamalan movie. To cause oh, people the, to kill themselves. The um, happening, the happening, yeah, is uh, when, when they're driving back from the hospital. After when when panic's starting to happen, Sandra Bullock's sister sees something out the window of the car, and she just starts panicking and screaming, yeah. and then drives the car into an oncoming vehicle. They survive that, but then she like steps in front of a bus after the wreck and commits suicide. So that's when we know, like, she saw she literally saw something that was so horrifying it caused her to kill herself. And Sandra didn't see it, or was she? Sandra didn't see it. Whatever her character's name. Uh, Mallory. Mallory, sorry. Yeah, so it's a very Lovecraftian kind of concept, you know, like you look into the eyes of Cthulhu and you go mad. Yeah, and and actually, well, we'll probably get into it more later, but it seems to be, as I was thinking about it, it's, um, it seems to be if you lock eyes with these invisible monsters. I, it's not clear how they work in it. Yeah. And yeah, we'll get into it a little in, in later, I guess. So we never see the monsters anywhere in the movie. Yeah. They decided, the director decided it was scarier if you don't see them, like, you know, using the we, Jaws we logic. Like, yeah, we see like a shadow at one point, I think. We see shadows and leave moves and stuff like that. I think, I, I don't know who directed this. I think they misunderstood how Jaws worked because you yeah. did see the shark in Jaws. The trick is you just don't see a lot of them until the very end. <laughs> like it, it's not it's not scary. Like blowing leaves are not scarier than giant monsters. Giant monsters are scary when you don't see them until the end, or you don't see a lot of them. You're you're given glimpses of them, and your imagination gets to do the rest of the work. But when you see nothing, it's not yeah. scary. Like something is scarier than nothing, but anyway, yeah. I just found that funny that like oh, it's scarier if you don't see them. It's like if you don't see them up until a certain point. Yeah, like 
the Jaws method would be you start with the shadows, then you see like a clock come around a corner or something. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you see like at least some kind of glimpse of the monster. Like maybe you see a character's reaction and you're over the shoulder of the monster. Then maybe you get a close up of an eye, things like that. Like you, yeah, yeah. Like aliens, a great it. example. Now I, yeah. I'd agree. Like I and I, I can see what she kind of means, but like. So we, we, this film's always compared to A Quiet Place. I would say A Quiet Place, you probably see too much of the monsters by the end. Yeah, that's true. Actually. But there's definitely a middle ground somewhere. But I would prefer A Quiet Place maybe showing a bit too much of, the, of them in the third act than Bird Box just not showing them at all. Yeah, it's almost like they're complete opposites in that way. Aren't they? But I suppose we see drawings of them that the crazy guy Gary does. Yeah, but even then you're like, well, is this just a crazy man's interpretation? Is this just what he saw? Is this just what those people see when they see it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Because so so much is unclear. We, we'll talk about the monsters in a second, just to catch people up to where yeah. to all that matters about this film. So Sandra Bullock survives. She is saved by a woman who sees that she's pregnant and she invites her into her home, essentially. But in the middle of doing that, this woman sees them and she commits suicide yes yeah and she turns out to be john malkovich is in this film for some reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I know. and i know sandra bullock is but sandra bullock's the lead so uh, like that's why she's she's a huge star and that's why she's in it but it's very weird that john malkovich is in this yeah and that is in, in a relatively quite small role that well that's it like if he was a if he was the star of it it makes sense but yeah it's so weird that he's in it. And like, he's like if if it turned out that he's brilliant, but if it turned out like that he had a hidden basement that was full of like like satanic ritual stuff, and he'd summon the demons or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's almost where you think it's going. Well, I actually thought he would end up being the hero in it, like that he'd have the turnaround. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But anyway, so it turns out she was his wife, and this is. They're in their neighbor's home, actually. But and anyway, so that's where the film essentially takes place. Everything is just to get us to this house that they're a bunch of survivors are held up in. It's essentially Dawn of the Dead from there on, only yeah, with invisible monsters outside. Yeah, instead of zombies. Yeah, and then it's just like people being shit to each other or or working together and kind of doing. Yeah, like there's a bit of that classic uh, zombie movie trope of. You know, human nature is the greatest evil of them all. Yeah. I, I well, actually, that's... not as much, but... Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, the, the movie kind of just... It just tries to be every horror movie <laughs> in a lot of ways. There's a bit of that. It probably tries to be too much of, like, yeah, kind of a mashup of different... Well, you see, it is... It is just a zombie movie. Like, it plays very like a zombie movie. It, it's very just Dawn of the Dead, though. Yeah, and saying. a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, so many of the, like, the beats and, like, the story, even the characters and stuff, it's almost, like, straight you out of You even have, there's a, a cop character, a female cop, or she's a trainee, I think, a cadet. Oh, yeah. And her, and I think, is that... The guy she's with, is he a rapper? Is he like Machine Gun Kelly or something? Um, I have them open here. I just, I he don't, is Machine Gun Kelly. I just yeah. think, I don't actually know who, Mich- I just hear Machine Gun Kelly's name a lot. I know he had some feud with Eminem. 
Oh, I, and I, I've I never maybe I saw a picture of him once in my life, and I was watching this, and it's just like that douchebag. I bet you that's Machine Gun Kelly. But, and she's um, she's Elisa Battle Angel, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the actress you played her. But they, there's a point later in the film where they just leave. They leave yeah. everybody and they steal the car one night, which is so annoying that that's not followed up on at all. I know they're really noisy. Like on on rewatch, I was like. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. They just exit it, and that's exit the show, or the show, this, the film, and that's it. You think we would even see their bodies, like what horrible way they killed themselves later on? Because they obviously don't survive. No, yeah, it'd be nice to have some payoff of that. Of like, Or even one of them becomes like a crazy person or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, which actually... He probably would. Yeah, isn't it kind of like he's a little bit of a like a junkie, and then she's a cop, but like she, they're all they're both a bit kind of mad, a bit damaged. Yeah, like he's yeah. a bit. She, they're both a bit kind of like yeah, they're just <laughs> yeah, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we we get to that actually in a bit. Yeah, about like who who do, do these people, other people are. But no, I just thought that they that sort of that plot beat was very like the person. They're, they would be the person in the zombie movie that like steals all the food or that gets bit and doesn't tell anybody. Yeah. Exactly. And even when they were introduced, I was like, well, how are they going? How in this movie where there are no zombies, where it, the monsters cause people to commit suicide, how are they going to work in that trope? And they found a way. And I knew that those two characters were the people that they would, they would be this movie's equivalent to the person who gets bit and doesn't tell tell anyone. Yeah, you'd kind of know that within like five minutes of meeting them, like Mm. you know, you know that with everybody. It like, should we just spoil the ending? Because if people are listening to this podcast without seeing the movie, they obviously don't care. Yeah. So the film is there's two timelines. We we're. Throughout all this, we are all, as we said, Sandra Bullock is pregnant. Yeah. We are also seeing her traveling down a river with two children, and they're both five years old. So it's five, we know she survived for five years. Yeah, exactly. Um, And they're traveling to like a safe haven, which is a school for the blind. Yeah, isn't it? We hear the radio transmission of how to get to the place isn't it as like the opening credits yeah yeah but we don't know why it is well we do because it's so obvious (laughs) but yeah it's that thing of like if you're out there and you're alive there is somewhere safe yeah yeah and you're like oh it's a school for the blind (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) the same reason like when you're watching a quiet place and you're like oh there's a deaf girl i bet you she's her her earpiece is going to be the solution to this yeah, yeah. No, in a quiet place, the movie doesn't really rest on it or anything. It's kind of like, eh, if no. you put that together, it's fine. In this, it's... they play it more like it's this big revelation at the end, and you're like, well, of course, of course, this is where. Yeah, because they're the people who are used to navigating the world blind. Yeah. So um, there's that other movie with your one is the new Sabrina. Oh, I need to look. Hang on. Um, Silence. It's... Is it the Silence? Is that what it's called? Yeah, where I it's think basically. So. I I I watched it a while ago. It's um yeah, the silence where it's um it's the quiet place. It's just the quiet place. Except um for some reason she's deaf and that's an advantage. Mm. But it isn't. Because like she can't she doesn't know what noise she's making. 
Yeah, because that's the thing in a quiet place. Like her being deaf isn't really the no. It's it's a huge disadvantage for the family. Yeah. And her, it just so happens that the well, frequency of her hearing aid works out. It's for them, them knowing sign language is the advantage. The, it's a symptom of her being deaf, kind of. Yeah, in, in fact, they, they won't be alive if they didn't know sign language, basically. No, and that's that's where it benefits the family in the silence. But then, in the third act, it's like, um, she's like, I know how to live in a silent world, and it's just like, okay, but you right. don't. <laughs> It's silent to you. Like it just doesn't make any sense like, at the end. Um, yeah, and like but, how it becomes an advantage in a quiet place. Then it's not because she's deaf, but because her father was an engineer and he had he had been working on something that became the solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah, it's totally different. But uh, yeah, so in this, it's the same thing. They like to be fair in this, it makes a bit more sense course because literally if you can't see the monsters you won't commit suicide yeah because it's so it does it does make perfect sense but and that's why you put it together so quick because so it's not even like a knock on the movie that you put it together but like they kind of treated it like it was this big revelation just like the, fir- the first time i watched it and is that shot where it like shows you the like you know xavier school for uh, special like for uh <laughs> but it's like for the blind um that the plaque outside the school i actually was like i was watching it here by myself and it was like already like 12 at, at night you know and and i actually just went oh like you know, it was one of those like, like a loud sigh eye roll yeah um, i was like oh come on you know. but so is is it is it too early to uh just go into like how like how we could like beat the monsters maybe um yeah because there's not much to it like they they all live in the house they all have a fight monsters get in most of the characters are killed then it's her and one guy and then it's a five-year jump later and they've been gardening blindfolded and then they decide to go down the river to the sanctuary like that's the yeah movie. <laughs> now i guess the, the two things we should actually mention because it is as you're watching it and you see in the future timeline she has two kids so yeah. there is a thing where like oh well she she would have been told if she was carrying twins. Yeah, so there is we saw her at a scan at the start. Yeah. And so for a while, I do like that sort of mystery where you're like, well, where does this other kid come from? But then another survivor shows up in the house and she's another pregnant lady. And you're like, oh, but the second you meet her and she's pregnant, you're like, okay, you've already told me what happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Because I rewatched this obviously for the episode and I thought for some reason. I remembered it being a little different. I thought that the filmmakers never told you which kid was actually hers. Yeah, I I had that in my head as well. But they do. The boy is hers. Yeah. And the girl is the woman's. And she just well, calls them boy and girl. Because that's yeah. how, like, to, to emphasize how, like, unprepared for motherhood she is. And I guess because, like, she just wants to get attached to them too. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, and that's kind of the opening scene is the whole thing of like she doesn't know what to do, but she's already like nine months pregnant and she doesn't know how to deal with yeah. being pregnant. It's like she literally hasn't thought about it. <laughs> but now it does because her character, despite yeah. like being like the hero of it and like going far above and beyond to like protect not just the kids but everybody in the film, she is a bad person. Like, yeah, and like that's illustrated. Like the only 
I guess the reason they they tell you which kid is hers because it is a, a quite a good scene. Yeah, where... that's my favorite scene in the movie. Okay, so I think we're talking about the same one. They, yeah. At some point, they're going down the river to get to this place. They're all blindfolded. At some point, she needs to make a turn and somebody needs to look to see it. Obviously, she can't look because they're not going to get to this place if oh, she yeah, sees the monster. So she can't risk it. So one of the kids has to look. Yeah, and she has to make her choice. You know, the boy uh, volunteers and she just screams no when it comes to the time I'll make the choice. But that's the moment where like, oh, the boy, the boy is hers. Yeah, and, and it's like the girl, even though they're only like five, like the girl knows that she's not the favorite, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're told specifically in when, when because they both, the, the two women give birth at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was great, like just... Uh, like obviously like very coincidental but like for tension it's great because like the first the the second woman that comes into it her water breaks and they're all helping her and sandra bullock is kind of like taking charge but then as she's taking charge her water breaks it is a great moment where you're just like oh yeah like this literally could not get any worse also you've got a psychopath in the house that you nobody's paying attention to now yeah like that is like that entire that's because I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of this movie, but that entire yeah. section of the film is fantastic. Yeah, but it's one hell of a convenient story point, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but you know, in a, in a world of like nearly 8 billion people, if this happened, I'm sure somewhere that yeah. event would happen, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It's possible. But yeah, no, let, let's get into the monsters. But first, let's take a quick break. And depending on where you are, you may hear a few ads. I I think you should endorse that product or join that cult. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm always curious what ads play. A lot of COVID-19 stuff comes up now, like stay home and protect yeah. each other and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so, so the monsters in this uh, film this is there's a few things we're up against for this scenario the big one are the monsters so yeah right what we know about them is well, well nothing all, nothing but all, well we know quite we can deduct a lot of stuff so they cause you to c- commit suicide yeah but it's clearly they, they don't just it's not like cthulhu where you look into his eyes and you just go mad they obviously give you a visual hallucination yeah, it's something so horrible that it causes you to kill yourself. Because the the woman, John Malkovich's wife, in it, when she sees whatever she sees, she starts like talking to her mother, and oh, then she just yeah. she just climbs into a burning car. And you hear it later when Sandra Bullock says she saw her mother, and John Malkovich says her mother's been dead for twenty years. And even, um, like at the start, like her her sister is just like. <gasps> What is that? Like yeah, she, she she just like what the fuck is that? And she just goes she goes crazy. Whereas Malkovich's wife has more of a like she's almost like it's like a come into the light moment where she's like mother, yeah. and she starts walk. She puts her hand out like she she it looks like she's happy. Like she goes for an embrace and she she yeah. climbs into a burning car and just sits there and you just see her go up in flames oh, and she doesn't. She horrible doesn't, death. Yeah. It's horrible, but she doesn't react at all. So it kind of implied that you don't actually feel pain. Like, what, whatever you see, you don't feel pain after is that it, moment. My my first thought for about the first first third of the movie 
maybe even actually further is I was like, oh, is this going to turn out to be like the rapture and how they get out of it is by praying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there, it does seem like it could go that route. Um, yeah. And there is mention of it being a cleansing, like it does lean towards it being that type of a thing, but yeah, probably not. There's stuff we'll get to that kind of says otherwise. But I did find it, it, it's definitely implied right that they probably don't feel pain once they see the creatures. Yeah, because they they seem to be like unstoppable. Even at the start, with your the the extra who like smashing her head off the glass, like she doesn't seem. Yeah, yeah, she's not like no, nothing is. Yeah, nothing is stopping her. Not pain isn't stopping her. Which which actually because it seems like they just are determined to kill themselves once they yeah. see it, and that's kind of like when um, B D Wong commits suicide. Oh, again, yeah. like actually, that's a good moment. They. And this is something relevant to how powerful the monsters are. They question if they can see them through like cameras. Uh, yeah. Lee Wong's character, he's there. He's a rich gay man, and he has infrared cameras and night vision cameras around his property. So they put him into a room to see if he can see them, and he does. He sees them on camera, and we but we don't see them. We just see leaves moving. Yeah, but we see the shadow up. of something. It ends up still affecting him, and he uh, knocks himself off. They tie him to a chair just in case he he tries to hurt himself, but he ends up just knocking himself off the chair and smashing his head against like a mantle or something. Yeah, but he's like, you hear how they do that scene, and it's like they leave him in the room by himself, which I thought was fucking stupid. Yeah, that was the moment where like, oh well, he's definitely dead. And anyway, they hear him banging upstairs, and they run up to check on him, and he's just desperately trying to like bang to get out of the chair to commit suicide, and he ends up just knocking it over. Yeah, I I think the motive there was they don't know how powerful the creatures are, so they leave the room. But it's completely stupid because if you're like he's tied up and the screen is facing him, so like why didn't somebody wait there? Because at least then, if he tries to kill himself, you can plug out the monitor so as you don't have to look at it, and then yeah. you can at least determine if 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 the, the whatever the reaction the people have to the creatures, you could at least determine if there's a finite amount of time for, like maybe people can get over that. If you can just stop him. I was going to say that. Immediately killing himself. Yeah. If you can strap somebody down, maybe it wears off. Yeah. And that would be key to, because then you're like, oh, we can actually do it. Because then like we can look once somebody else is there to like strap that person up as soon as they see the creature or whatever yeah yeah because the creatures can't be everywhere there has to be there has to be places you can go and look and then like the creature might not be there and then what if he shows up and you see him well then the part you're strapped up and the other person looks after you yeah you've or got something, something like that yeah. there's, there's something you can you can you can use that information to benefit you in some way or at least to if pd wong's character ends up just never getting over it well, then you yeah. know that it's a waste of time. Yeah, there was a lot more they could have learned from that if they were smarter. But once you saw that they weren't doing that, you were like, okay, well, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was kind of glad of too, because when, when they first mentioned that about him having cameras, I was like, oh, well, this is a very convenient solution. They're all just going to walk around with cameras to oh, and yeah, look through. Yeah. And like, that would have been what other films would have done. And then you're like, well, this isn't actually that dangerous 
yeah of a creature after all but instead they actually make it pretty much <laughs> unstoppable there's a great um there's a really good um i'm gonna say it's from like i've probably mentioned it before in the podcast so i'm gonna say 2003 it's like a bbc or channel 4 show called ultraviolet have i talked about this before and it's about, i think so it's about a group of like most of them are cops and now they're in like a squad and basically vampires are real it's set in london and um but how they can tell people are vampires is they don't show up on camera so all of them have um like small led like flip out screens from a video camera on their guns on the side of them so when they go into a room they could just flip out the screen and then if like they see someone comes around a corner at them and they're not a vampire then they can kill them so um, right, right. that makes it sound very dumb because it's just one small part of a very well written yeah, no, very no, well made show no, that's <laughs> all right uh, i think i might have played a video game at some point with that as a mechanic yeah uh no i like that idea yeah it's a smart idea um but it's like it's like almost the opposite of that if like you can see them with the video camera because th- that's from something that has to be in something i've seen before where like you can only see the ghost or the monster like with a video camera really oh yeah no i think it is uh but i can't remember it sounds like it's so fucking easy it sounds like it'd be in like a real straight to video horror movie yeah or it's a found footage movie you know and that's why they're recording it <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah oh you know what it could be that movie wreck oh yeah. movie. i haven't seen that it's actually not not bad at all uh well the original the actor there's there's a remake the remake's not very good no it's uh uh, the original is i think spanish oh yes yeah yeah uh actually the the remake isn't bad either but yeah the the spanish version is very good okay especially for found like found footage movies aren't great but yes it's quite good but no, yeah, so back to what I was saying earlier is do you, they, they kind of they play a bit kind of like loose with the rules of the monsters. They don't kind of like they, well, every every time there's an interaction with the monster, I nearly have more questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here, here's another thing: we're talking about visual hallucinations. They seem to they can also cause audio hallucinations. Yeah, which is only at the back, like second last scene of the whole thing yeah like it just out of nowhere we hear like mallory's in the woods and we hear she had kind of a a, a love interest that Tom. they never sealed the deal in the film but like there was clearly feelings there and he he ends up sacrificing himself uh, what do you mean they never sealed the deal i was pretty sure they were just a couple raising kids together for like five years <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I mean, I just meant we never actually see it. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, it's not it's just loosely implied. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, we're getting, yeah, the two different timelines. Sorry, of course, they are later, but when they meet originally. So the, for people who haven't seen the film, there's two different timelines, but he's all in the future timeline, he's already dead. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you don't, don't know, know until the end what actually happened to him. And then, yeah, you do learn he was around for the entire time. Yeah, you, you think it's just her and these two kids for five years then yeah. you learn it's not i was really surprised by that twist actually same here yeah, yeah but yeah and he ends up sacrificing himself uh for the the family but that's another thing because they even have that where he like he gives out to her for like never naming the kids and stuff but like yeah. why didn't you just name them like and the names yeah. would have stuck if you just called them michael and michelle 
it'd be very <laughs> weird to name to have two such similar names. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> but if he just did, but if he just did it, yeah, he could easily undermine her on that one. Like, yeah, yeah, it was so it was bizarre to me that he did, just wouldn't do that. Like, yeah. But anyway, she's such a horrible person. <laughs> she's awful. Why did we bring him up? I was saying how the rules seem to change every time we see them. Oh yeah. So anyway, so when she's on her own with the kids and she's in the forest, we hear him. He's dead, yeah. but we hear his voice telling her to take off the mask, and it's obviously yeah. a hallucination caused by the monsters that are around her. So the, the audio hallucination isn't enough to like make you kill yourself, but they try to convince you to take off the mask. But we don't yeah. get confirmation if that ever actually works. Do yeah, we? and and it seems to be it's kind of at that point. To me, it's kind of implied at that point is like the monsters are like they're right beside her. Yeah, well, we see them pretty. Much. Well, we we don't see them, but we see them like coming through the forest. We see the leaves move and stuff, and they yeah. look like we we see trees move out of the way, and they come almost like tri- in a triangle pattern around yeah. her. Yeah, it's like they they get like right up in her face. Yeah, um, and at one point, at one point, do they? I'm trying to remember. Do they like push her around or knock her down, or I don't does she fall? She falls in it like a panic because I yeah. it's it seems like the monsters are closer to ghosts or poltergeists. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they actually occupy a physical space because there's a moment when she leaves the boat. The girl girl uh, yeah. leaves the boat because she thinks the mother is in trouble. Oh yeah, and she feels the presence of we we see the leaves rise and the gir- little girl feels their present and she reach presence and she reaches out and we kind of see the leaves move around her, which implies the monster walked through her. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Just by the way that scene shot, the leaves kind of we see the leaves rise up and they just like move forward and then just go right around her and continue yeah. on. Uh, which yeah, I, I I guess that implies it's like they walked through her and also we see sandra bullock shoots at them and nothing happens like she's obviously just shooting into a void yeah it seems really pointless (laughs) yeah but now here's the thing too so the film takes place over the course of five years yeah there seems to be just as many if not more at the end as there was at the beginning so like does that mean are the monsters just everywhere yeah or or are they they seeking out people yeah, like, are they following Mallory? Or are they just everywhere she goes, there's going to be one there? Or are so they even in the monsters? middle of a, Yeah, because essentially she's in the middle of a forest where there's nobody around, and there's, like, at least three of them there. Or is there actually three of them? Is there just one, and it's just uh, omnipresent being... Like in a movie like Poltergeist, the, the Poltergeist can be, like, possessing a clown and attacking one child in one room while he's sucking the kid in the other room into the TV, you know, but it's the one yeah, poltergeist. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's kind of funny. Um, I suppose we should talk about the crazy people. Well, I think we, we need... There's more for more on the monsters first. Yeah, Because like, yeah. we need to decide what they are if we're going to, like, find a way to beat them. Yeah, they seem to be kind of non-corporeal, but they can't pass through walls. Yeah. So they're bound by, like, they can't come through a window, they can't come through a door or a wall. So they yeah, have well, to be physical in some way. Okay, so, and this is this is why I bring up, so let's say they're physical for that reason. 
yeah. that they don't enter the house. But then they they are obviously well, why can't they enter a house if they're they're physical? So, but why can't they enter a house? Yeah, there's no like they're scratching at the door or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, thinking about it, they move the car, which is another scene we should mention. They uh, drive. Oh yeah, they drive like... to a supermarket using GPS blindfolded. Yeah, <laughs> which like wouldn't like. I I love the inclusion of it. It's a good idea. Impossible in real There's life. There's so many obstacles. And, yeah. and your GPS is not that accurate. It's it like, would take you days to... Even if it was accurate, it would take you days to do it. I'll, I'll give you an example, right? I um, During the uh, coronavirus at the moment, lockdown, I've been doing my uncle's supermarket. Mm. And... The, As in, that, you've been going to the supermarket for your uncle. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it, oh, so it I, sounded like you were you were looking after a supermarket he owned. No, sorry, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing the food shop for my uncle, and he um, he moved house like four years ago, and I'd never been to his house till like two weeks ago. Right, right. and I because um, he's like he's nearly eighty, and so I was doing his shop for him, and I was following the GPS to his house, and he gave me directions. And I was going down the road, and then the GPS. I was I had in my head from looking at it on the map that the house is on my right when I was on the road, but actually it turned out it was on my left side. I had gotten turned around right, yeah. in my head at some point. So I pulled in to look at the GPS, and it was like you've arrived at your destination. And I pulled in at like a bus stop, and I was like, where? And I was looking at the cross the road, and I was like, "But that that's not the house number. That's the wrong one." And stuff. So I kept driving, and then it was like, "You've gone too far." And I pulled in and realized. <clears throat> turned out, the bus stop was like at the gate of his house, and I had pulled in like right at his house, not realizing I was outside it. Right. And but the GPS was just like it was close within like ten fifteen meters. It's not that close. Like you'd yeah, be able to yeah. do that. Uh, like there's no way you can do that. The way they yeah, do it. Though, the only thing I'd say depending on what GPS, what service they're using. Well, that's, they, it's probably more accurate. Yeah. And if they are in San Francisco, it probably is the first city in the world that was actually mapped out by Google. That's a very good point. So, uh, uh, so it could be like it probably is the. Mo- I would still say, like I said, even if if GPS was 110 percent accurate, it'd still take you days, and you would still like it would not be able to account for a wall in the supermarket. Like, there is in the wall to the car park. The fact that they actually drove through the exact space. Like, it couldn't be that close. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you couldn't do that. Now, I do like how the scene was handled. I love, like, because it doesn't go right for them, like we said. They they get kind of attacked by the monsters. And now that you mention it, they obviously can get physical objects because they shake the car and shit. That's why I had in my head that they knocked her over in the woods. But yeah, maybe. well, they might have now. I, I just forgot about the until now that they actually moved the car, but but not enough to do anything. It's not like they can pull the doors off. So I don't know. It's weird. Like, but like you said, they, they but go then, back but and then, forward on the rules. But, but maybe that's like your poltergeist thing. Is like they can almost do like a a Jedi Force push at a yeah. car. Yeah, but they can't get a door open. You know, it's not strong enough. And then we actually, don't know for sure if that was them at the car. That could have been just a lunatic. That's true. That's true. But I don't think like the way it. I don't think so because the 
the way it rocks and stuff and we we see the shadows kind of like blackout they, they have like newspaper pasted over the windows but we see the yeah. shadows around the car so i think it is the monsters but i do like after all the panic like and they just the i can't remember the character's name but the love interest he just floors Tom. it tom sorry yeah he just floors it and you're like well they can't survive this and they kind of crash but then it just cuts to black and you just hear you have arrived at your destination <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a nice bit of comic relief yeah and it's a good use of that line from a for a gps i haven't like seen that used in a film well anyway sorry to go back to them so so maybe they in some sense occupy a physical space and that would explain well, that half explain why they can't enter a house, that there's something stopping them. I think there's something stopping them must be the, the size of doors. I think they're clearly, if, if they're physical, I think they're yeah. massive. Oh, you think they're way too big? Yeah, because, well, I think there's sort of evidence for it. For one, later in the film, when we see like the, tr- what you were mentioning that there's like three of them coming for her and we see like yeah. trees part in the oh, forest. Yeah. And it looks like if the if the t-rex in jurassic park was invisible that's what yeah. it looks like the way they move apart it looks like they're giant also the other pregnant woman when she commits suicide it's because and we'll get to the crazy people they oh, let yeah. a crazy person into their house i haven't thought of that. that yeah he lets up the blinds but she's on the second floor and she's looking out the window so and he's, I would, he's just like don't you see yeah yeah so if they're physical monsters, they're like at least the size of a two-story house. That I hadn't thought of that. So it explain why they can't enter, or at least may, maybe it does. Yeah, and like because I was going with, um, now obviously it's just for, but I suppose you have to go by what you see in the movie, but it's or what you don't see. Yeah, so they kind of go by. Uh, in the movie, there's a couple of shots of it's like a POV through a blindfold, um, so we're seeing like just light patterns mm. through a blindfold and stuff, which means the character can see some way through their blindfold. So yeah. then, how much of the creature do you have to see for it to affect you? You know what I mean? But that's where well, I was think- thinking maybe it's you have to lock eyes with them. Yeah, it's- yeah, maybe you're right about that. Then I, I wasn't sure on that originally at all. But yeah, no, I think maybe going by, yeah, if if the the other pregnant woman has, she's on a floor that she can look lock eyes with them if they're that big. Like they would have to know what floor they're on, so the monster is yeah. looking through that window. Uh, yeah, there might be some. Yeah, maybe it is locking eyes with them, and that'd kind of be more in line with the the Cthulhu sort of idea. Yeah, because even even at the start when like. Um... Uh, Sandra Bullock's in the car with her sister like her sister sees it and then she is like why what is it and she looks where her sister was looking and she doesn't see it mm. so it just moved, it turned its head to another person kind of the monster at that point had looked at somebody else yeah they're so literally locking it. eyes at people so it's like if you're not locking eyes with it you don't see it at all maybe yeah, yeah. but then it obviously has a sort of a supernatural awareness of what you're doing too because like with yeah the character bd wong's character looking at it in a through the screen camera. like from a camera yeah the, the monster obviously has to be aware that there's somebody looking 
at the screen at this moment. Yeah, it's like they know when they're being seen. Yeah. Which isn't like if they can cause like audio hallucinations to try and make, convince you to take off the mask. Obviously, they've got like, they're extremely powerful. Yeah. With, with, that's where I kind of thought like more, uh, it's like a rapture thing, especially with like mm. the, the John Malkovich's wife seeing her mother. And, like that's, but that's the only instance you get that kind of, there's something of like, these are from the afterlife or, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that, that they're yeah that the, the person actually is responding to them like emotionally, like that they're yeah yeah. And then was it Tom when he sees one, he managed to fight it off to kill a crazy person before he kills himself. Yeah, well, isn't it? I so I re I did rewatch this the other night, but I was tired, so I went to bed like with 20 minutes left and yeah. full disclosure i never watched yet because i remembered it yeah, yeah um but now i am actually unsure if i think he's like pointing the gun t- under his chin and he fights it off and is able because like this do a bunch of crazy people come for them we'll get to the crazy people uh he shoots a few of them i think one is left alive and as he's about to kill himself, he sees the guy move and he's able to fight for a minute to finish yeah. the job and then kills himself. And I'm pretty sure the guy he kills is one of the Joker's crazy men from uh, Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> he's just one of those actors who always plays yeah, a crazy person. But anyway, um, yeah, so I can't remember specifically, but I, there is something anyway where Tom's able to fight it off a little bit which again this is why they should have watched over bd wong because maybe maybe you could have maybe if, if they had done that maybe she would have been able to save tom but i get the impression it's just that tom's like just a good guy he's just a badass he, he's just some he, like he's got the willpower to fight it off just enough to to save people he cares about yeah he could have been a good um he could have been a good Green Lantern. He's got good willpower. Yeah, yeah. But now, so I think we've gone through most that can be said about the monsters. They're, uh, they yeah. occupy, they obviously, so they, they do occupy a physical space, or at least if they occupy a physical space, they can choose to ignore it, to go through people, but they're too big to go into a house. I guess that's what we're going with. Well, then I'm thinking of like the T-Rex thing you were saying as an analogy. So then was it just snorting at the girl and causing mm. the leaves to go past Or her? did it just walk over her? Yeah. Did it step That's, over her? Yeah. They're definitely giant. I think we're going with whether physical or not, they're giant anyway. And that would be why they can't I, enter the house. I love that. I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good takeaway from it they're like like eight meters tall or something yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, and, like and, they're like 20 feet tall you know i love that yeah um, I, oh, yeah, I, I, I think that has to be it but also um so they don't like they don't eat obviously that we know of yeah yeah that we know of but like the fact that there's still as many five years later and like yeah you know they, they, they cause people to commit suicide we don't see them like stripping bodies of flesh and stuff yeah they're obviously more like supernatural anyway yeah and uh the only sort of defense you have against them or not even a defense but you have a warning system 
that birds, oh, yeah. birds, which is why the film gets its name, birds can sense their presence. Yeah, for some reason they know they're coming. Yeah, and it's never explained. I guess you don't need to explain it, but when they go to the supermarket, Sandra Bullock finds a cage of two birds and... It, when, when the monster arrives, the birds react to it. So she learns that, oh, they can sense their presence. So she brings the birds yeah. with her. And they have them in a box when they're going down the river. Uh, other than that, there's no uh, there's no defense mechanism, no alarm. Like, basically, these monsters are unbeatable. There's no way, like... No, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, like, we, we it's not even worth us, like, talking anymore about them because... They're completely unbeatable. Yeah, your your best defense is to already have built an underground bunker with like a hydroponics system where you can grow all your own food and just live there forever. Exactly. And never go outside or into the world. Or because even if they occupy a physical space, it's not enough. They they have to like use auditory hallucinations to try and convince you to take off the mask. And yeah. that never that the only time we see them use that it doesn't work, so it's obviously not that effective. Uh, yeah. So you do need to see them for them to kill you, essentially. So yeah. being blind is a solution. So we could, if, if we're in this scenario, we could blind each other. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how. Like I do one of your eyes first, then you do the other one of mine, then I do the <laughs> other one of yours, and then we take a chat. Or maybe I'll just blind you first, and I'll see how you get on. <laughs> <laughs> do we just do we just like get water pistols of bleach in them and just be like one, two, three, go? You know, yeah. um, that's, <laughs> um, but what like that is a, that is of, sorry. That's a good way of making sure. Okay, if you you lose your blindfold or whatever, you're fine. Mm. Um, but then just close your eyes, like. <laughs> True, true, but like human nature, this is like in Jurassic Park where people are running away from a T-Rex and they keep looking behind. Because it's, it's a T-Rex. And it's like, well, every time you look behind, every time you look behind, that's a chance for you to trip over something or to slow yeah. down a little. Like the, the, realistically, you should just run and never look back. But human nature will never allow a person to do that. Yeah, yeah, like there's nobody that's been caught in the wild and got chased by a bear and then end up looking back to see where it was. Yeah, <laughs> not that many people outrun bears, but you know what I mean. Like, I know really, you should just run until you literally are about to go into cardiac arrest. You should never look; just run, assume it's always behind you, and never look back. But human nature just doesn't yeah. work like that. So I think even if the blindfold if the blindfold fell off, I think you're actually more inclined to look. So I think like blinding yourself probably is the, the only solution. Because I just think when you're indoors with your curtains drawn and stuff, then you can see and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but once you have, once you don't need to leave your house. Yeah, yeah. And these monsters are everywhere. They don't need to eat. So like they're they're not going anywhere. Yeah. But all that being said, being blind isn't a solution because, well, being blind is a solution to the monster. If you were blind in this world, if we, if you just had to worry about those monsters, being blind, once you have been blind for a while and can find your way around, you're probably fine. The monsters actually aren't that big of a threat then. Yeah. But there's a bigger threat. And uh, we'll talk about them 
after uh, another quick break. I'm glad I finally, after as long as we've been trying to have ads on this, I've finally remembered to take two breaks. Oh yeah, that, that was a that was a fascinating thing that those ad ad was about. Yeah, I'm definitely going to purchase that new milk. I don't know who who knows what was being advertised. It's probably you know what it's probably insurance. Yeah, or another podcast. As we said before the break, the monsters are unbeatable. But if you were blind, they they can't really make you take off your mask or make so, you see. So, so they probably just leave you alone. Yeah, well, they'd have no choice. But the problem is that the monsters aren't even the big. They're the big concern at the beginning, but then we learn that there's. I get you would just call them. Would we just call them followers? Um, it's almost yeah, like there's a cult. Yeah, they all seem to have gotten the same message. Yeah, so there's these. Uh, there's a cult of just psychopaths that uh, they're they're kind of recognizable. They have a strange pattern in their eye. Yeah, so which like we, which everyone gets from the monsters, but they have a slightly different one. Oh yeah, well I'm not even sure if it's different, but just the fact that it stays with them because they're alive. But either way, we don't like we don't when we see the pattern first. We know something's up, but we don't really know what it means. But yeah. Uh, anyway, they uh, they want people to see the creatures. It is again, it's kind of like a very Lovecraftian thing where they become a, a cult to see these creatures of bringing on a, a great cleansing kind of a thing. So they and they think it's beautiful. You when when they capture people and try to pull off their masks, they're like, look yeah. at it, look at it, see, witness its beauty and all this. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that they're people who are already mentally ill. Have like maybe they're like maybe they're schizophrenic yeah. or whatever it is. Or it's not just implied; it's a it's pretty much just outright said. Yeah. But but the only thing I, I want to go back to just just to mention: so being blind, I think, is a solution to the creatures. But why it's a terrible solution for this film in general, and why the ending really doesn't make any sense. Shit. The the cult or the followers of these creatures, the people who see the creatures and for some reason don't kill themselves but want to, but become obsessed and want everybody else to see them, uh, they have no problem just killing people. Yeah, of course. We, so. we see it that they just kill people. So if you are blind and you can't see the creatures, these people will probably just kill you anyway. Yeah, so just kill you. <laughs> so, it's, so it's a terrible solution. Um and it's why the end and like everything that the way that film ends you're just, well these people they're probably on a this this is a school for the blind or probably on a main road it's just a matter of time before a bunch of psychopaths track you down and just kill all of you yes but that's that's the one thing i i was like so you built a school for the blind in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere and the only way to get there is by a river it's kind of... <laughs> well, I think it's like the safest way to get. I'm sure there is a road going there. It's just not safe. Oh, yeah. Like, how could you navigate through a road where the river just takes you there, I suppose? The thing. Yeah. But still, but, yeah. Just... <laughs> but yeah, so we meet uh, early in the film, as in, in the, the, the five-year previous timeline. We meet two crazy people. One of them is when they go to the supermarket. Yeah, it's your man. And... Your man knows them. Yeah, they go to the supermarket with uh, an employee from the supermarket and there's a guy in like the loading dock trying to get in and he recognizes his voice and he says he's an ex-con and he's he's fine, but he's just a bit crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And of course, your man ends up trying to get him to see the light, and the guy who worked in the supermarket has to sacrifice himself to save everybody. And then later, another survivor is let into the house by the other pregnant woman, and he mentions that uh, he was held up somewhere and everything was fine until they got attacked by a bunch of psychos from Northwood Mental Institution. And John Malkovich's character mentions it. That's an institution for the criminally insane. Now, obviously, that story's kind of made up because your man is actually, obviously, your man was a patient of that facility yeah that's why he gave that name but but it Um, kind of implies like they turned him that way but it's probably just his story you know what i mean no i think he he was a patient from Northwood mental institution and they attacked another group and he just told their story yeah i mean to to so as he could get in no i think he he would because the the implication is that it's criminally insane people that if they see the monsters they don't commit suicide but they become part of their cult kind of yeah yeah they become followers so. so that's what you're worried about in this world is these uh anybody from uh, an institution for the criminally insane i guess yeah well now though this is the thing obviously that's the film being a little uh they're being a little pc by saying that that it's like all they're the criminally people, they're criminally insane people that are doing this but i mean for people have a, a very poor understanding of what criminally insane, criminally like serial, yeah. ki- most serial killers weren't judged criminally insane, but also there's people out there who, in a fit of, who had just a mental breakdown because their their boyfriend was cheating on them and destroyed their car, and were put yeah. into an institution, you know, and and they would be declared criminally insane because they've caused criminal damage or harm yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, they were judged guilty by reasons of insanity. Uh, yeah. But would you rather have dinner with her or Ted Bundy? You know, <laughs> yeah. Ted Bundy was not criminally insane, apparently. So, so oh, how yeah. does the film, like, you know, who who are we worried about here? Is it is anybody with mental illness yeah, actually is it... susceptible to being part of this cult? Or is it people who are susceptible to hallucinations, like forms of schizophrenia, or you know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I what I took away from it is no, I, yeah, no, I think that's probably the, the yeah, that's probably the safer one. The, the funny thing is, they could have probably made that if they were trying to be, be careful how they phrased it. If they just said it was people that suffered hallucinations, it, but yeah, yeah, I guess they just didn't want people that suffered hallucinations to be seen as the the villains. So they just no, yeah. criminally insane. Yeah. yeah. But if you were to go with that, so criminally insane, like their version of criminally insane wouldn't be that large of a number. If we're assuming that, you know, the woman who broke, who beat up her ex-boyfriend's car isn't included in that pool of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it's just not that much. It's not a lot of people. Yeah, so you could go a long time without even seeing them. Yeah, but but realistically, if it's anybody that might suffer from schizophrenia, even if they never caused any criminal, because that's the other thing. Like you could have, you could suffer from schizophrenia and it just never manifested itself seriously throughout your life. Yeah, but going by the rules of this movie, you would still be, you would still end up being one of these people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was saying. So that's yeah. potentially thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people. Hundreds of thousands of people. There's no escaping them either. But it's, it's kind of one of those things like you, we've all heard those horror stories. It's like they're the sort of things you're told when you're like 15 by the guy who comes to your school and tells you not to take drugs. It's that like 
people are perfectly normal and then they they take one hit of weed at a party and then they have schizophrenia which like okay there's some people who like take a shitload of drugs for over a couple of years and it fucks up their brains and they probably had you know a 10 percent chance of developing schizophrenia in their 20s but because they did so many drugs they had like a 70 percent chance of developing it in their 20s you know what i mean like, yeah yeah but it's and then it's become that anecdote of like that guy who did drugs once and he went crazy. Like, don't take the risk. <laughs> but but yeah, anyway, so I guess that it just means we have a, a lot of uh cult members fol- or followers. We'll just call them followers. Yeah. We have a lot more we actually probably have a lot more of them to worry about than the film even suggests. And there's no shortage of them in the film. No, <laughs> they pop up everywhere. There's kind of a weird thing where they're driving around in cars with blacked out windows anyway, even though they don't need them to be blacked out because they've seen the monsters. Um, uh, but they've like matching cars, like again, kind of cult yeah. status. <laughs> like, uh, Do they have blacked out windows? I didn't even notice that. I think they're just like, but they seem to be just those cars that have blacked out windows. Oh, they're like not tinted like windows. Like... Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's kind of weird. Hmm. That just yeah. ne- I never even noticed that, but that's interesting. I'd need to rewatch that scene because that's the scene where they attack and Tom sacrifices himself. This is kind of off topic. Well, kind of on topic actually, because talking about criminally insane. Yeah. But just because I mentioned like how you know a person who maybe just in a fit of just had a mental breakdown and destroyed some property would be deemed criminally insane. I do love that in like it's become it's a very it's a movie trope and I think like people walking around in the real world think it that like if you just go for an insanity plea you'll get away with shit. Yeah. <laughs> but like an insanity plea means you have you could be in an institution for life. Yeah, you're basically giving up your rights as a capable free thinking person. Yeah. I read a story about a woman who, and I think it was, like, I don't know if it was an ex-boyfriend. She went into, she broke into, I think it was an ex-boyfriend and she like broke into the ex-boyfriend's house and she just like destroyed the place and he wasn't home. And I think she might've done something like really weird. Like she might've like, I, she like urinated on his bed or something like that. Yeah. But she was like a corporal in the military. Oh, like she was a, a respected person and she pleaded guilty by reasons of insanity yeah and she ended up doing night she was in a mental institution for nine years if she had just pleaded guilty she would have probably done 30 days in prison yeah and probably would have been suspended yeah yeah (laughs) that's crazy yeah and like there's stuff like in um in sweden even like i remember reading there's like something like 9000 swedish people that are wards of the state for aggravated assaults they committed as like teenagers oh but yeah because like most any aggress like the, the way they kind of treat any sort of assault especially for young offenders they treat it more as a a mental health issue which is kind of a good way to cuz like it's if you're doing that shit when you're young you probably are lashing out it probably is a mental health issue but they end up just like becoming wards of the state for life. Like they don't get out of it. Where like, yeah, they they will go to they'll be institutionalized for a while. But, but then when they leave, they have to they have to go see a counselor every week. They have a 
like a, you're basically on not, parole yeah and they have like not a mentor but what's it called like a guardian they're put into like a guardian yeah you have a guardian you have a, like and, a social worker guardian yeah worker. but but they when you get they when you're in your 30s you could have a career but your paycheck is going to them and they decide like how you what you're essentially given pocket money by them and it's so fun. It, it's, it's not a it's a big plot point in a girl dragon, dragon tattoo yeah yeah exactly yeah. and she's like yeah she's like a genius she's in her 20s and she's like this genius but oh you man's a like scumbag and he fucking yeah, yeah, it's horrible yeah. Jesus, yeah. That, that's the survival lesson one survival lesson you can take from this episode if you ever commit a crime be it murder or banging up a, a ex-boyfriend's car uh don't plead insanity unless you're very rich and you can pay a psychologist to come in and show a bunch mm. of research about how you were temporarily insane and that you're better true. now yeah or, or they really they clever treat you in the outside world even though they just don't mm. or you can figure out where to bribe them yeah yeah <laughs> either or but uh generally it's not uh not recommended to plead insanity I, I think the best thing to do in life is you know when you feel like smashing up someone's car like that just take 10 deep breaths and if you still want to smash the car for that then go for it mm. <laughs> so we can't we we cannot defeat the monsters the only way we no. could would be to blind ourselves uh i don't see that being a solution against this cult no and i and i kind of think of like so the end of the movie is Sandra Brook and the kids arrive at this sanctuary in a school for the blind, which when you really think about it, like just means nothing. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. And for some reason, they, they, they also have, have a, a bird sanctuary. Oh, you were just about to say that. Yeah. They have like their, uh, like a big atrium. Mm. And again, doesn't really mean anything that they have all those birds there. So they have, that really loud early warning system yeah like, i mean it's better than nothing but like but did the birds it seems like they're always ar- they don't protect it seems like they're only alarms uh, only an alarm system but also it seems like the monsters are everywhere anyway yeah so it's only so. a matter of time before they reach the because that's what i thought there was really going to be something a bit more like a quiet place where they just figured out a way to kind of make a perimeter that would ward off the the monsters. Yeah, yeah. But even if they'd done that, it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't be able to ward off the crazies. No. So basically, like, she arrives at that sanctuary and they're just like, boy, girl, here's your actual names. And Mm. all I could think is, uh, yeah, but you're going to be dead in anywhere between a week to, like, six months if that place is just going to be wrecked Mm. by a bunch of crazy people. I think like we said it earlier in the show but I think the only solution to this is just to already have like a fully stocked bunker yeah definitely we know the monsters can't get in it the the crazies are just humans uh so it need to be a hidden bunker too though because you yeah they're gonna eventually they'll find a fucking army tank or something like so yeah well then but like if you have if you have a house and then you have a hidden door into your bunker which is under your house or whatever like yeah brand so people might break into the house and steal whatever food is there or whatever you have in the house um, but they'll never like, the odds of them discovering your bunker are very slim really 
Yeah, yeah. You see, this is another one of those films where I watch it and I'm like, do do you want to survive? Yeah. <laughs> I might kill myself before even seeing the monsters. Like, like, <laughs> like this, this is no way to live with a blindfold for the rest of my life. Yeah, like even the character Tom says that to um, yeah. Sandra's character. He says, like, surviving isn't living or something like that. Mm. And, uh, like, that's when he's given out her for calling them girl and boy, the kids. Yeah, yeah. And he's completely right. He's absolutely right. And, like, it's fu- I just thought of something really funny. Like, so, in the way at the start, we were talking about, like, the, um, like the billionaires going to New Zealand to get away from coronavirus. Mm. into their bunkers, their community bunkers. How many planes are in the air when all this happened? So how, like, yeah. so how many people are like on airplanes or on like cruise ships at sea and stuff? Can the monsters go out to sea? Can, yeah. You know, that's, there loads that's of people good... alive well, in other places? Yeah. Temporarily or whatever. You know? Well, I assume they like, if they got from Russia to Alaska, they can obviously cross some form of water. Yeah, and then but then is it, but, is it a virus? Are the monsters do the monsters exist at all? But oh, that's it too. Like that, yeah. It, it very easily could be that where it's just it is just mass hallucinations. Yeah, and like we're, we're we're seeing the we're seeing well actually we're we're kind of seeing the film through. Sandra Bullock's character's point of view for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So So it's her take on what's happening. Like but you know, like the the thing like the BD Wong scene is kind of like very much his own little subplot and he's seeing the same kind of thing. Yeah, so like, it does seem like they're there. Because yeah, virus uh, can't come through computer screen, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, yeah. And then the knocking of the car is a big thing. Yeah. Well, actually, I'll just say, so So we took a quick break there because I had to use the bathroom and just because I went out into my landing and the lights were off. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to turn them on. I'm going to see how, how well I can see in the dark. Oh, yeah. Because it was a good time to try it out as we're doing this episode. And uh, I tripped on the third step of the stairs so I wouldn't survive in this world <laughs> like you broke your toe or something <laughs> no no i didn't even trip i kind of just stumbled a little like oh yeah i wasn't being overly cautious have you ever tried that have you ever been you, like what sorry so i think we're about to ask each of the same question so you go on first yeah well i was gonna say have you ever tried that? have you ever just like closed your eyes and see if you can make it up the stairs i was gonna say um yeah i have done that um i was gonna say <laughs> i find a lot when i if i turn off the lights and I'm in total blackness. I tend to actually close my eyes because I find it easier to navigate. Mm. Oh no, no, yeah, I definitely do that because I've said this on the podcast before. Where like when I get, I think when we were doing like our ghosts episode, yeah, I don't. If I get up in the middle of the night, use the bathroom, I'll never turn on lights because if I see the light, it kind of wakes me up too much, and I just won't get back to sleep. Yeah, I do the same. But I will also will close my eyes because I do find that that if you get if you see a little bit of light or you can make a shape out of something you start going by that but you're not seeing it right and you miss you end up actually tripping or hitting something because you're misjudging you know you think you're seeing something that you're not seeing yeah well i find like by closing your eyes you're telling your brain 
not to use vision to rely on it, it, well, yeah cards. exactly you know I mean? but no i think basically so what well, well, i think what we've learned from this this is a completely unlivable world yeah it's kind of um but i think because there's so much uncertainties about the monsters as well like That's are they the thing, ghosts yeah. are they physical are they hallucinations brought on by a virus are they are they 20 feet tall are they do you have to look at them in the eye like there's too many questions i think yeah yeah too many questions no answers the only i still feel like the the the, the crazies are the are the biggest threat whether it's a virus or whether they're real the crazies are still the biggest threat yeah definitely so that's actually because if you can just keep a blindfold on and eventually like you'll just learn to maneuver your way around outdoors and you're either way whether you see i don't think it's a virus because if it's a virus you won't be safe indoors that's true actually yeah, yeah. so it's gotta be they have to be real but either way it, it just doesn't really matter because whether whether it is a virus or not you have to keep a blindfold on when you're outdoors so yeah. you would have to get used to that either way but you still have the crazies to worry about and that's you're I've no disadvantage idea, yeah i have no idea what number of people there are with let's let's just assume it's anybody with schizophrenia is yeah. going to become one of the followers i've no idea what number that would amount to but it's a lot and with the rate people are committing suicide you're obviously out you're outnumbered straight away you're outnumbered so it's a completely it's a completely unsurvivable situation. Oh sure, like by the end of like the first night that they're in the house and when they go to like after they go to the supermarket and all that kind of stuff, like you can pretty much assume that in their whole town they're the only survivors. Yeah, yeah. Are those no, that, that like definitely seems people? like the case just by by complete chance they all got they were just in the right place and got into a house in time at the right time yeah yeah, yeah. the only thing is i would say like there might be a good chance that both of us might uh, have some underlying mental issues <laughs> and maybe maybe we're uh <laughs> we're actually just join the, the crazies that might be our only hope for survival i mean it's possible I mean, we do a podcast about the apocalypse. That's not. Is, that's not something a mentally healthy person does. So is that um? Is that what it is? Is actually the way you survive this? Is your in uh, you have serious mental illness? <laughs> well, what, what if you're what, what if you're just suicidal? Maybe then it doesn't affect you. Is is that the irony of it? Is people who are, have suicidal thoughts or tendencies or. Uh, like, well, that no could be, <laughs> well, that could they, they don't say it, but like that could be why they're alive is because they were already had suicidal tendencies. Oh yeah, like, for them it, it's just another day. Like it's the yeah, same. that's really dark. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't think it'd be saying that. Well, they're they were evil people because they were like, but because they had that condition, these creatures were able to use them. Yeah, yeah you know they, exactly. they they weren't evil sadistic psychos before this. They were just people with mental illness, and the the virus yeah. or the creatures were was able to use that. Well, I suppose if it's like if you think of it as I've listened, to, I've seen some interviews and things with um, like mental health professionals, and they talk about like a scale of being like plus ten is your wedding day, minus ten is your your tying a noose, you know, right. and. So most people are always somewhere around, like, just 
when you've not, you're sitting on the bus and you're bored, you're like at a three or a four, you know what I mean? Like, or, right, right. or a minus one, you know, like that's where most people are every day. And, and then you've peaks throughout the day and stuff. So I suppose from somebody who like is from severe depression, they spend most of their day at like a minus seven and the, the creatures just turn everybody to a minus 10 instantly. Nobody knows how to handle it. So is it a case of like, if you're That's, used to being at that lower level, yeah, yeah. it's not a big shock to your system. So you, you become a follower of the monster. You know what I mean? I wonder, is that a case of, yeah, because it's not a sudden drop in your endorphins and your, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a good... Your brain chemistry is closer to what the creatures cause you. You know what, this, now, I this is only, because just from what you said, this has only come to mind now, so I could be completely wrong and misremembering stuff, but thinking about it, all the people we see who, who sees the creatures and commit suicide, they're all, they all come from like either a privileged background or clearly have very good lives. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So like Sandra Bullock and her sister, like her sister mentioned she's going to see like a, a stud, like a horse. They grew up in like a, on a ranch and had like a wealthy family. John yeah, Malkovich's like, character is a, a, a barrister. Yeah. B.D. Wong and his husband have like a very fancy house. Yeah. The, the other pregnant woman, she's, she clearly her husband is in the military but she he she she mentions that he's like a very doting husband that he gave her a good life and stuff oh yeah, yeah. so you might actually be on to like it, it's all people who might always be at a, a plus four you know yeah yeah exactly yeah, they got like they've pretty easy first world lives you know yeah because even even tom so he he's the one character we see show a little bit like he's able to fight it a little bit he was a soldier and he probably had has a bit of ptsd already like (laughs) yeah and i was even going like based on just where the film's set and like he's a mid-30s black man he he probably had faced his share of adversity in life yeah, most likely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there is a middle ground where you don't want to be a yeah. minus four, but well, I was going to say that like the slums in India, like there's like, what is oh, the leaves are blown there? Oh well, <laughs> yeah. carry on. Like, you know. <laughs> I think there's something to that. I'm just saying, like it's the brain chemistry. It's like the extreme of going from yeah, yeah, like from whatever plus two to minus ten is just too much for people yeah yeah no i i think you're i I think you're genuinely onto something there i wish we had a uh, thought of this earlier on and i know elaborate yeah. on a more yeah. but... so i i was saying um like the whole thing sounds very like, biblical like the rapture and that kind of and you were saying there's something to suggest it isn't and um, what was that or... oh that was at the very beginning now yeah. i'm Oh, sorry. Okay, so it's not to suggest it isn't, but so so they do talk to talk about it being a cleansing, and a lot of that you hear the crazy saying it, but they specify that they're criminally insane. So if it is the rapture, why would, why would the actual like dregs of society, as this film uh, depicts them, be the ones that are the followers? Oh yeah, and I guess that's all. Yeah, sorry, you. you I, I probably made that sound like I had something more deep to say i know yeah i thought i thought maybe there was a a news shot of like 
an asteroid hitting something that I missed, you know, or there was a no, meteor shower no. or something like that. That's where I thought you were going to go. With it. it was just how um, I thought about it from them specifying it was the criminally insane. Uh, okay, but in the stuff that we ended up talking about, I already um, yeah you put that theory on the shelf. Yeah. But also, it's like, um, yeah, they, they clearly say criminally insane for, like, PC kind of reasons. Well, kind of the concept of the rapture is that it's it's the chosen few are ascend to heaven. And then everyone else is left on earth to suffer, and the devil takes over the world. So, with his demons. So that's where yeah. I was. Well, yeah, and in that sense, it could be it. It makes sense then that, like, these the criminally insane are the ones that would be left there but the way they're depicted in this film they're they're the ones that kind of see it for what it truly is like they talk about it being beautiful yeah. so like it seems like they're being rewarded yeah so i don't think it's a rapture but then i think that's the problem with the film i think it doesn't know it doesn't know what it wants to be yeah no that's... there's lo- there's loads of readings you could go into on it but i think the film just actually doesn't know what it wants to be so no in trying not to show the monsters in that like overthink like or underthinking the whole jaws thing is they haven't they haven't thought enough about anything you know mm. like, probably should have asked you way earlier but like what do you actually think of the film do you, do you like it do you think it's a good film <laughs> do you know what for what the concept is I think it's actually pretty good. Which yeah. The concept is like if a monster sees you, or, or if you see the monster, you kill yourself, which is like, it's not necessarily a great concept. And I wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't have thought they'd have gotten that much out of it. Um, mm. And so for that reason, they've done pretty well. And it has some really, really good scenes in it overall as a film. But yeah. There's some great set pieces. Yeah, yeah, and moments and stuff, but overall it suffers from terrible characters, dialogue, some really cliched moments. Like everything's very predictable as in like scene to scene is very predictable. Yeah. Like, and like you know they're gonna end up in the school of the blind probably from the beginning, but like like you can figure out like just before something happens, you know what's gonna happen every time. Like so they set yeah, they set something yeah. up and it's like you know B.D. Wong's going to die very soon. You know that she's going to end up with the two kids. You know that. You know the, You know exactly how things are going to play. You, yeah. you knew those two characters were going to leave in the middle of the night with the car like five minutes before that they was did it. it. Yeah, I didn't know they you left, know? but I knew as soon as they're introduced, I'm like, well, they're, they, they are these archetypes. They're going to... Yeah, exactly. They're going to become crazy. They're going to get bit by... They're going to get bit by the zombie and not tell anybody. Whatever yeah, way that yeah. manifests in this version, I just know they're going to be those characters. Or, I even knew the 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 guy, the the black guy who worked in the supermarket. You even knew that he was going to die. You're like, he is a bit cowardly. He's going to end up sacrificing himself. Yeah, really unnecessarily you, as well. Yeah, and you even know that John Malkovich is going to make a joke about it, and somebody's going to say, "He say he he." sacrificed himself for us how dare you you even knew that scene was going to happen yeah exactly yeah yeah of course right. uh, it doesn't mean, yeah, it's just i think uh, it's a good it's a good movie in spite of itself though yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got sandra bullock which of course is always a plus but also has john malkovich i have no idea what he's doing in the film but he's there <laughs> and the film is all the better for it yeah 
actually, sorry, we didn't mention when they invite the crazy person into the house and everybody's like, oh, let him in. He's fine. John Malkovich, he, he, his delivery, you can tell he delivered this line the way the audience. It was obviously a line in the script, but he delivered it thinking this is how the audience is going to react. And he just goes, he's lying. It's so obvious he's lying. Yeah, yeah. And just the way he says it, you're like, that was John Malkovich. He read the script and thought, oh, that's kind of a good idea, but it's very obvious that this character's lying. So I'm going to deliver it the way the audience would, what, what a viewer would be screaming at the TV right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just yeah. really good delivery. So what, uh, yeah, we don't survive this. I think, like, I don't think an, yeah. anybody survives this. There's no point us even pretend. Like, I know the whole joke with this podcast is that we put ourselves into scenarios we really wouldn't survive anyway but we can at least find some like breadcrumb that would lead yeah. us to uh to a way to survive but this one i don't there is none there's none like we can make up we can like talk shite about how we'd have survived the the battle for winterfell where yeah. like, <laughs> of course we wouldn't but in this one we can't even make anything up like no i mean i guess because we would be in the trench coat one of us would survive because he'd be the bottom and oh that's, that's <laughs> quite gay um, <laughs> uh, but one of us would be the bottom so he wouldn't see and yeah. then like i guess see if, if i'm the bottom and you're the top i'm stick sticking with that innuendo yeah. and say you you see the monsters and you just like i don't know slit your throat i could still walk around with you on my shoulders if i could support your weight and then people would think we're one of the crazies because you know your eyes are still opened and you've just got me dead on your shoulders carrying yeah yeah and i i would just live my life with the crazies then pretending that i was that (laughs) your dead body and me were one person and we're part of the crazies so you're you're just gonna like weekend at bernie's me like Mm, that's it yeah yeah, weekend at bird. Weekend at burden the box. I don't know. That that wasn't a good movie mashup. I also think about like the crazies in this that like but how long do they have? You know what I mean? Do they inherit the earth or do they do they is their mission to try and convert everyone to see and then once they believe everyone has seen, then they kill themselves. It's like you know, for them yeah. they're, they're they're like at the cult, they're like, Haven't you heard the good news? So eventually they're going to sacrifice themselves yeah i hadn't thought about that but that's probably that's probably it the film says nothing about it but i would guess if i was writing it that would probably be what i would do that they're they're only good to the creatures for a while like that they're just whatever mental state they're in they can be used but eventually they will succumb as well it's just prolonged i guess yeah yeah that's probably yeah so even if you're crazy, you don't survive it. Nobody survives this. Really Which I guess this me. makes a kind of a, a good like horror movie. Just a completely un, inescapable bad. Yeah. When when I was when I was about thirteen and I first watched the original Dawn of the Dead, that's kind of yeah. how I felt at the end of it. I just thought like, but, but there's just nothing. Oh yeah, like, well, the end of Dawn of the Dead, like they they, fight, they get into the helicopter and it's just them like flying off into the sunset, and you're just like, well, well where are you going? Yeah, like there's like, not just there's there's nothing. Like you have, you had the best scenario you could have been in 
for a year or whatever it was, and then that's it. She's like, it's, it's gone. It's over. It's just, yeah. There's just, just yeah. too much of nothingness to it. And I'm, and like, for weeks after I watched that movie, like I, I was awake at night just thinking about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, same, what same. Do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Were they like? It doesn't bother me now because I'm so used to the concept. But like, the, the, well, it's it's very much by design. Just, yeah. In Dawn, like the idea with Dawn Dead is it's meant to be completely it's hopeless. Oh, we need to do the original Dawn of the Dead. We do, we do. We need to, like, we've, it's funny how. Because we, we did Night of the Living Dead. We've done one zombie movie in uh, 80 episodes, actually. This is our 80th episode. Oh, yeah. But as far as this, I think we're dead. We're long dead. Yeah. I did, like, no. look, I don't need to see the monsters to, to, to kill myself in this scenario. <laughs> I know that sounds like a very dark thing to say, but, like, realistically, I do not want to live in this. There is no point in living in this world. No. And there's something extra depressing about, like, everyone you know killing themselves. Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to, like, being killed by, like, a virus or mm. eaten by a zombie, but the idea of them just being, like, yeah. driven to insanity and killing themselves. And you've probably no, I think... watched several of them do that in front yeah. of you. That's just so dark. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think that might be the the worst part for me. It's the act. It's the act. The, this this self-inflicted violence people are forced yeah, to commit. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's so, it's so fucking dark. I guess the other thing with scenarios like this where you accept that it's so un, unbeatable that you might be more inclined to just live then because you're like, well, I don't really care. I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well take every chance. Yeah. Exactly. Um, then, then it's just video game rules because yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Like I always thought, if I if I got like a terminal illness, I'd just like say I was given a year left to live. I'd be like, well, I might just try become Batman. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, what do I have to lose? I can like just risk my life and go out and try and beat up street level thugs dressed as a bat. Because like, <laughs> fuck it, <laughs> I'm dead anyway. Okay. I need some start up capital, but like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we don't survive. Uh, I was going to say, like, we're not going to survive, but can you think of anything to pack in a bug out bag that might help you? I was scenario? about to ask you that. Um, it's something I've packed in my bug out bag a long time ago, but that's my bandana, my trusty bandana, which is just so good for everything. It's a hat, it's a bandage, it's a blindfold, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a mask, it's fucking everything. You know? Yeah. I mean, other than that, yeah, no, there's nothing else. I mean, some birds. I mean, you have to cut air holes for them, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I don't even think they're that helpful. They're just an alarm system. But I don't think you really... The, the, the creatures are everywhere anyway, so why do you need an yeah. alarm? I mean, I guess one of those like medical corkscrew things so as you can blind yourself if you need it. <laughs> but, uh, but that'd be a very violent way to do it when you could just yeah. use bleach. No, I mean, the key is you would need to blind yourself now at all so as you'd be prepared so as you can be daredevil because <laughs> daredevil would probably be fine he'd be able to fight off Actually, he'd do really well yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be a great crossover comic <laughs> like, he might even be able to see like even though daredevil sees like sonar like he'd yeah, yeah. See what the creatures look like but in a way you know how you know how the purge 2 is essentially the purge but with punisher oh great movie bird box 2 yeah, Bird Box 2 should just be, well, Bird Box, but with Daredevil. 
<laughs> at least do a comic book. Uh, so we'll finish there. We uh, we don't survive this. Nobody does. No, no. Uh, there's no hope. Maybe maybe you're listening and you're screaming at us that you have the solution. And if you do, uh, please let us know. Yeah, please. But until next time, have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and wear blindfolds.